As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, hello there, Haunters. This is a bonus episode of Green Tagged Theme Park in 30 from Scott Swenson and I. And on this week's Green Tagged, we continue to discuss the future-proofing your attraction segments that we've been discussing last week. And this week's discussion focuses on two topics that you should be looking to tackle in 2021, diversity and sustainability. I know many of you might be rolling your eyes at these kind of like hot button topics, but this show, I think we do a good job in breaking down concrete examples of what you could be doing and the questions that you should be asking about your attraction. If you are not into this, no worries. You can skip this episode and we'll be back with our New Year's Eve special on Thursday. Enjoy the show. Hello and happy holidays for those of you who celebrate Christmas and New Year's uh, here in the United States. Merry Christmas and happy New Year. This is our holiday week show, hence my uh, my uh, accoutrement here. This well, is you didn't tell me. I, well, that's <laughs> surprise. <laughs> welcome to Green Tag. Yeah, you've got some sort of festiveness there. Uh, welcome to Green Tag Theme Park in 30. If this is the first time you're listening to our show, this is a 30-minute weekly show where we talk about the most important things we feel professional haunters should be uh, looking at. Um, basically, we say, give us 30 minutes and we'll give you the industry. We're not here to supply all the answers, but we are here to make sure you're asking the right questions. So hopefully that's what you're getting from the show. If you're a returning listener, if you've never listened before, there you go. That's what this is all about. So I'm going to start the timer. We are going to have 30 minutes to talk about a bunch of stuff. And we thought since this is holiday week, uh, at least here in the United States, uh, we wanted to make sure that we kept things light and airy and fun. The challenge is there has been this giant behemoth in the news recently, and uh, certainly again in the States, and I think it's going to impact the rest of the world as well. Uh, but the, uh, the stimulus package that has... Um, been developed, the very long and, and complex stimulus package that has been developed uh, to help the folks in the U.S. Uh, respond and hopefully repair themselves from the COVID situation. And now there's controversy about it. There's pushback for it. Um, we don't want to get into any of that. But the reason we're mentioning it now is because we have to just get it out of the way. It has sucked up, to use one of Philip's analogies, it has sucked up so much oxygen in the news world that we just we felt it would be irresponsible for us not to say something. And um, so basically what we've been saying all along is you just got to be prepared no matter what happens. And since the stimulus package will have the opportunity to help people whose businesses are, are hurting, um, just be prepared 
for whatever's going to happen. Now, I will also put the caveat out there that this particular show, because of the holiday week, is being recorded on December 23rd. So if anything happens between now and the air date, we probably won't talk about it because the show's done. So, um, but Philip, I know that Gantam is already kind of taking this advice and putting it into practice. What have you guys been doing in prep? So we have been combing through the sections that have to do specifically with the payroll protection and reading as much as we can uh, on the text that was released. They released a text of it, which is like 6,000 pages almost. Uh, and we have been reviewing that and reviewing all the eligibility requirements. And uh, ba basically, we've been doing all that and then working with our CPA to prepare all of our documentation, everything we think that we might need to prove. We, we, so we've been trying to prepare for the application but that isn't there yet, uh, just because we we want to be immediately out the gate on this. And that's really what I would suggest to all the attractions is to look through, uh, just kind of start now on getting the paperwork together and preparing and understanding because um, my understanding of it is I don't think, and just my personal view, I don't think that the PPE stuff, the payroll protection stuff is going to change very much. So I think that it's a good starting point to be to prepare now and then check to see what's been updated and to get your documentation ready to go so you can get out because that was a big deal for us is uh, we s actually switched banks to get a smaller bank um, that was local uh, and then we have been really getting to know them so that we can just uh, yeah so they'll actually process our stuff um, because that's didn't work last time to have a large bank. Uh, we were not important enough for them. <laughs> gotcha. Well, and basically it's what we've been saying all along, future-proof, you know, future-proof mm -hmm. your business. And this information, you know, whether this this particular stimulus package goes through the way it looks like it's probably going to, but might not, um, there will be another one coming in the future anyway. So yeah, my, this your time will not be wasted. Um, so go ahead and get that leg up so that whatever comes our way, whatever um, help is going to be out there, you'll be prepared to apply for it and do whatever you need to do. So uh, great. We covered that. We can we can move on. Because if, if you're like me, I'm sick and tired of turning on and, and hearing about everybody yelling and arguing about this package. So moving on, um, we decided that since, again, since it is the end of the year, uh, end of the calendar year, and we are um, in that, that holiday festive season that we really wanted to focus on the good stuff uh, for this show, because we've focused a lot on the challenges that, that 2020 has brought us. And uh, so we really wanted to focus on some of the, the things that we see as positive for the future. And the first one, and probably the one that I think is very near and dear to both Philip and my heart, is uh, is diversity is an old buzzword, but it's becoming important to take a stand. Uh, the World Travel and Tourism Council has published new diversity guidelines for the travel and tourism sector. Well, it's about time. Now, whether whether you agree with these with these guidelines or not, the fact that this discussion is happening is incredibly important. You know, um, I know that we've had we've had comments about using specific terminology. I'm not going to use any of the, the buzzwords, any of the terminology. I'm not going to politicize this. The bottom line is we need to treat each other with respect. And it doesn't matter what whether it's because of our ethnic backgrounds, our religious backgrounds, our sexual orientation, um, we need to learn to treat each other with respect. Our political backgrounds, we need to learn to treat each other with respect. And 
I think that by addressing these kinds of diversity guidelines, we are um, at least taking a step in the right direction. So I, I know, Philip, you had some you had some concerns about some of the language. Did you? It, it, I, I, now I'm going to put you on this. Now the Grinch is going to explain why he didn't like this. No. Uh, <laughs> But Philip, you had some legitimate concerns, some legitimate concerns that you didn't feel they went far enough. I don't want to speak for you, so I'll shut up and let you talk. Thank you. I, so I, my only gripe with, with this is uh, I think the intention is correct. I just don't think that they gave any, it almost was like you, you read the statements and they almost said, so they're so political, they said nothing. It, it just in my opinion, me as a, a small business, uh, you know, CEO, like it didn't give me anything that I could actually use or implement. And I think that that is, is a problem. And I understand at the same time that uh, each business has to has a unique situation, especially when it comes to diversity. Everybody truly, ha I mean, this is a truly unique situation for everybody. Um, and I, I know that everyone's gonna have to figure it out on their own. Um, I, I just... I guess, you know, <laughs> that's it. You just, everyone's gonna have to figure out on your own. And I would say, you know, talk to other people and look to other case studies for what other people are doing and try and, and think about if that specifically comes to you. Um, these guidelines are great, um, but they're way too broad. You know, it, they, some of these, it's basically I just saying you should have a diverse work team. Should you? <laughs> you know, I mean, what does it mean? What, how do you go about doing that? What are the type of questions you should be asking uh, in your leadership team? You know, all of these are, are really the, the hard work that we need to do. It's not just having these uh, general platitudes. Um, and I guess I have one story that um, shows my ignorance on the topic is, um, <laughs> so, so we, um, we have a, a pretty standard uh, holiday list uh, you know, that, that we've had and we just kind of update the dates on it. We're like, Oh, Christmas and new year's. And these are the standard holidays everybody gets. And, um, uh, so this year, what I did was I actually, uh, created a, an office poll to ask. Uh, and what I did was I, I went through and I, I put in like all the holidays, you know, we Chinese new year and we put in, um, holidays from, from everyone's background. And I put those into a big office poll and I was, um, I guess, you know, like, well, pleasant, I guess, you know, pleasantly surprised, I guess, in a way to see that um, the office kind of chose on their own to give up uh, President's Day for Chinese New Year because, um, and it was, it was just really interesting too, to see that it was a lot of the coworkers that didn't celebrate it, but they thought it was important enough to respect their other coworkers who they, who, who they know that's a big deal for them is to do that. And I kind of was like, oh, I guess I've just never asked before, you know, kind of was like, everyone celebrates Christmas, right? Um, and, and no, that's not right. Um, and I, I never really, we never really asked the, the question of like, kind of what holidays are important to you. <laughs> and so we created this, uh, you know, this uh, survey where people could go in and fill in. So they didn't have to talk in front of their coworkers. I thought that would be too awkward for them. Um, and then the other <laughs> like awkward story I have is I do these little bonus questions on our daily check-ins where I, we share something about ourselves. It's optional every day, but everyone does it anyway. And um, uh, originally I had written, uh, so bef before I saw this, I had written, um, you know, like what was Christmas like or when you were a child and all these like Christmas questions. And I went in and like took those all out and <laughs> rewarded them to be, to be like, share a favorite holiday memory from any holiday um, that, that you enjoy. And I rewrote all these 
holiday questions to be like all encompassing. Um, and then we ended up getting answers that were, oh, shocker, um, not just to do with Christmas. You know, it was, here's my story of, uh, you know, doing firecrackers, like bringing my hand to firecrackers for in China when we did firecrackers there. Uh, and uh, uh, here's my 4th of July memory and just these things that are just totally outside of that space. So that's my that's my learning moment. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is, you know, it, it's it, it's especially true for someplace like like like, like Gantam with a multinational workforce. Um, but uh, it's true for everybody. And I think that, you know, it's important to recognize that even though there is no magic bullet, there is no perfect guidelines, uh, as Philip as Philip said, even after going through these which are which don't really go far enough, he was able to embrace it and recognize, you know what? I think I'm completely focused on diversity and then you find ways that you're really not. So, and I, and, and the thing I want people to recognize is if you discover that you, you know, make mistakes or have made mistakes in the past, don't beat yourself up about it. Just fix it. You know, it makes sure that, that it's not about, Oh, I've been so horrible. I've been so uh, negligent. Um, recognize that moving forward as we move out of 2020, thank God, as we move out of 2020 and we move into the future, just recognize next time I need to do this better. And I think that's why I'm excited to see that more and more organizations without being confrontational are making recommendations to be more inclusive from a diversity standpoint. And, um, you know, are, is, is it perfect? No, I, I, I actually, I was setting Philip up. I actually agree. I don't think these are uh, particularly implementable suggestions, but I think they get people thinking again. And unfortunately, there are a bunch of people out there who really don't even think it's an issue. Um, but you know, you've heard us say on this show, you've heard me say on, on my show in, in the books, I talk about it all the time. If you sit at a desk or if you sit at a, a board meeting and you look around and everybody around that table looks just like you, something's missing. Something's not right in your company. And it's not that it's not right just from a moral standpoint. It's not right from a business standpoint. You're missing out. There's a whole demographic that isn't represented and some you're missing out on potential revenue because you haven't been inclusive. So recognize that in, at least in my opinion, diversity is not just about doing what is right. It's about doing what is right for your business. So it's not just a feel good moral thing. That's part of it, but it's also good to your bottom line. So be aware of it, um, incorporate it. I mean, I think Philip's story is a perfect example when, uh, when he says, you know, he went to his employees and said, Hey, uh, you guys have different holiday needs than I do. Um, I think he's now got some more dedicated employees because of it. So I think they're going to work harder for him. And I think that, that it's going to make Gantam just stronger. Uh, Halloween did not pass as a official paid holiday. You were the uh, only one. Who voted for it. You were the only I, one who voted for it, Philip. <laughs> shockingly, I was not the only ah. person who voted for it. Um, although it doesn't help that that we get Halloween off like anyway. So it was kind of like the day before the like Friday before Halloween weekend um, was my pitch. Um, but it was not just me, and I can't tell you even just seeing the numbers of how good that made me feel that like, even in that weird way where I'm like, I feel like it's like my whole life. I felt like Halloween deserves to be a paid holiday. And now that I'm at a company, um, I'm going to push for it. And, uh, but it was not just me. And I was so happy about that. And we did a, a small little deconstruction afterwards. And, um, 
uh, actually what some of the employees said where they were like, yeah, actually, we think that Halloween is really important to who we are as a company and uh, not maybe quite as important as some of these other things we believe, but it's up there. And I was like, I'm so touched. (laughs) (laughs) Hot Geek Philip is very happy now. CEO Philip. And Hot Geek Philip come together in in unity. That's lovely. So not only is diversity a a, a wonderful thing that we are starting to focus more and more on, and and after 2020, let's hopefully focus on it in a positive way. Um, Sustainability is another thing that is is pleasantly in the news, Um, certainly here well, actually, around the world. Uh, Disney, I think, is probably the biggest one right now. The Walt Disney Company has released their 2030 environmental goals. So 2030 environmental goals. Now, um, I'm sure there are those people who can say, well, they're just goals. They're not really, they're not really plans. But you got to start somewhere. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be cup half full. You know, at least they're talking about it. Because um, they're always going, you know, no one's going to come out and say, yes, by 2030, we want to be exactly where we are right now in burning fossil fuel. There's not going to be a single company that's going to come out and say that directly. Um, they'll either say nothing or they'll talk about some sort of loose goals. These goals, I think, are, well, I'm not a scientist, but appear to me to be attainable. But I don't, I don't know all the nuts and bolts. Um, I think, I, but I do think it's important again that people are talking about it, setting those goals. Because without setting those goals, you're never going to achieve them. Well, and part of this this uh, multi week conversation we've been having is about future proofing, and it it is that is a piece of this is you thinking about how are you future proofing your attraction and and what I like about the the Disney 2030 goals is that I think it gives us all like a starting it gives everybody uh, uh, things to look at in terms of, you know, this is what Disney is doing. It just is like the diversity thing. It's like <laughs> the the guidelines way too broad. You're not even really sure where to start. But when you start hearing what these individual people are doing, um, so Disney individually, what they're doing, it helps you think about your attraction. What could we do? And um, you know, some of the things Disney mentioned is uh, being a- achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions and their, um, 50 megawatt solar facility uh, that they built in 2019 and how much power it's providing and reducing their um, plastic and whatnot. So it's like, do you have enough space to build a uh, 50 megawatt like solar <laughs> thing? No, probably not. Uh, but, you know, could you incorporate solar in some way? Maybe, you know, let's start the conversation. Uh, could you reduce plastics? Um, maybe, you know, probably. Let's start the conversation. What does that entail? Um, it's been something we've even been looking at where uh, I've been challenging our team to think about how, you know, even us as a manufacturer, what could we do? And what does that even, what does it even look like? And a lot of the answers is we have no idea where to start even, you know, like we, we don't know about a lot of these things. And I'm like, well, let's just, you know, we, it's good that we started now, <laughs> you know, asking the question. Well, there's a, there's a phrase that has kind of fallen out of, uh, fallen out of, prominence but you know back back in the day says the old guy uh we had a phrase that was think globally act locally you know and it was it still applies today as much as it did then um you have to have these big globalized ideas in order to recognize how can i as an individual or a small company um or a purchaser from a larger company how can i responsibly support the larger global goals 
And to have a company like Disney come out and and say this, you know, that by by 2030 they're going to make these, they're they're aiming to make these changes, um, I think is is great because it's also timed very nicely with uh, again here in the United States the the incoming administration has. Uh, is claiming to put out similar goals by 2035. So I, I think they're they're running hand in hand. Um, I know there's always going to people be people on both sides who are going to argue with these goals and say they're either too much or not enough. But at least we're having the discussion, and mm-hmm. it's it's important to recognize that now that we've set these goals, we need to hold people responsible. We need to continue to hold these companies. If it's something we are passionate about, we need to hold these companies responsible. Um, at the same time, we need to hold them responsible for maintaining a strong business model. So it's it's not just let's let's just throw profits to the wind and and reduce greenhouse gases to zero. It's let's find a, a cost effective business smart way to do it, and it's there. It just takes a little bit more thought. So I, I'm I, I I applaud Disney for for putting those goals out there and and making us all think and and talk about it so cool cool beans so uh, in in this vein of sustainability uh another story i wanted to mention is the self-driving vehicles launching at wuhan's uh, ecological park so uh, just uh, that's basically the entire story not much else but it uh <laughs> yay moving on no. uh, yeah there 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 are um there are these uh, self-driving vehicles that are launching there, and and they are um, uh, electric self-driving vehicles. So it, it is a, a sustainability and also like a future-proofing type of all kind of wrapped into one. About thinking about what what is going to be the future of transportation. How are we going to move guests around at the attraction? How can we move them around in a sustainable way that is also a future-proofed way? Uh, and I just think that 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 is what I I think of when I read this article. Uh, it's pretty straightforward, but it's it's a great. Again, I I think these examples help us give us more concrete things to talk about with our team of how are we thinking about guest transportation? How well, is that going to be stable? I'm excited about it too because I think that ever since you know going back in his back in the day, going back <laughs> through history, um, if you look at at even the the world's fairs, you know, which were in essence giant themed attractions that lasted for a short period of time. Um, You go back to World's Fairs, things were tested or introduced in World's Fairs that made people comfortable with uh, new technology. And Mm -hmm. I think that when you've got organizations like um, ecological parks or, or theme parks or whatever, introducing these concepts of, you know, driverless vehicles, which there's a huge, huge fear in the mass populace of a driverless vehicle. Um, I, I won't even get up on my, on my soapbox on that one, but the nice thing is that the, the theme parks can kind of lead the way in introducing this new technology so that it becomes something that you do when you're having fun and then it's less scary and it then can then be incorporated into our regular daily lives. Uh, I think that, uh, people don't necessarily think about, you know, they always say, well, I don't want to get into a car that's not being driven by anybody. Um, but you'll get on a, on a train that's not mm-hmm. driven by anybody. Um, so it, 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 there's, there's, there's a, a mindset there. We have to just get used to it. Um, the initial studies is that they're actually safer. Um, the other studies show that it actually increases, um, or decreases traffic issues and, mm-hmm. uh, and decreases travel time in general, because 
all of the cars are talking to one another. We don't have to rely on each individual driver to react. They all can react instantly and in real time. So again, sorry, I said I wasn't going to get up on my soapbox, but I did. Uh, kudos, kudos to uh, the ecological park in, in Wuhan for, for helping to introduce and making us more comfortable as a public with self-driving vehicles. Good for them. And I wanted to mention a related story, which is at, at this point, I don't know, like relatively old, but basically um, I want to take a concept from it. And the story is uh, called uh, Wall Street's Dilemma, What Are Tesla's Shares Worth? And it's from Bloomberg. And the, the crux of it is that there's a dilemma on uh, trying to decide what type of company Tesla is. And if they are a technology company, they're worth a lot more than if they are a car company. Uh, now, you know, my, I think, I think everyone in my circle is like, well, they're obviously a technology company, duh. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, like, uh, I guess, I guess uh, nobody told uh, Wall Street that, but we, so I guess what I'm, what I want to get at here is this concept of like the, the being a technology company or being these, the company that isn't just in, in the business of making cars makes you more valuable. Um, so getting to this future proof idea, us thinking about we are not just a movie theater. You know, we are not just a museum. We're not just a zoo. We're not just an aquarium. We're not just a FEC. We're not just another FEC. You know, when you think about your future proofing and you think about your sustainability, you can, you can, I guess, become something more a little bit. You know, you, you, you we just like Scott said, we are a place where people get to experience new technology that is also sustainable. We stand for something as an attraction. You know, we are future proofing our brand by incorporating these different aspects to it to become more than. You know, Disney is not just a theme park, and I think we all would agree about that for Disney. But what are we doing to to take a piece of that and incorporate it into? our individual companies. And it's, that's another conversation that we've been having as we look forward to future proofing uh, at Gantam is, you know, we are not just a lighting manufacturer. Um, we are trying to be thought leaders. We are trying to be, to be more of a, a technology company that assists attractions, you know, so assist them with education and the system assist them with bringing accessibility to technology and our overall ethos as a company is to reduce waste. That's what we believe in from a design standpoint. We believe in no wasted space on the fixture itself. We believe in no wasted employment. You know, we, we believe in reducing waste overall, like as a, as a mission and kind of working that into, into development of the company. So that was kind of like my side related tangent. No, I, and I think that's, I think that's a very good point. And I think it's something we can all learn from, you know, we've talked about, you've, I've said it way too many times. Um, don't panic, just pivot. It's taking your resources and finding new ways to, uh, to utilize them. And I think that's clearly what Tesla has done. And they actually did it as part of their business strategy. It was, we're not just going to make cars. We're going to make, uh, batteries that are used in space missions. We're going to make, uh, mm -hmm. we're going to make, uh, uh, efficient electricity that can be used as a water heater, you know? Um, so it is, it is a technology issue. And I think that that's something, although we're never going to the, the independent, you know, the FEC owner who's listening to this show is going to be like, well, I'm not going to make batteries for the space shuttle. Uh, you know, it, it mainly because the space shuttle doesn't exist anymore, but I'm, I'm not going to make ba batteries for a, for something that they launch into space. You're right. But is there a way to take your assets and figure out without adding a ton of, of uh, a ton of extra work, there'll be some, but without adding a ton of extra work, how can you repurpose your 
uh, your assets. And I think that, you know, COVID has shown us that that can be done. And we've seen that in very, very large and very small uh, examples all over the place. Um, you know, we talked last week, I believe it was about the the mystery boxes that museums are sending mm-hmm. out. Um, th- so now it's not just a museum. Now it's a mail order company because they're, they're taking their core mission, their core belief, and finding new ways to communicate it. So finding different ways to tell the story. And I think that that kind of diversification is going to make us all more future-proofed as as we move forward. And I would add to that, they're not just a delivery company. They are a company that believes in sharing the joy of discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they've but they've added something that appears to be something that would be, it appears to be something that's unrelated, but it's not mm-hmm. at all. It's right in line with their brand. So don't limit yourselves. I guess is the real issue. You know, don't ju- don't just say, well, we're just an FEC, so we can't we can't do online um, we can't do online gaming. Yeah, or or don't think of it in the reverse, as in like we're just an FEC, so it's not important for us to be sustainable. You know, yeah. or it, it's not expected of us. You know, like don't don't. Like, I guess, fall down that, that route either, because I got a little bit of pushback from my team on, on that type of thing. Like, well, why do we need to be like a sustainable, you know, and I'm like, why not? <laughs> because it benefits everybody in the long run. Because it benefits every and speaking, here's one of okay, here's one of my lame transitions. Speaking of benefiting everyone, I love this next story. Um, so the army is now testing wrist-worn COVID-19 tracking devices, which by the way, were originally developed for that's right, theme parks. So, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier about theme parks being an opportunity to, to not only demonstrate new technology, but even develop new technology. And the fact that it has, uh, it has been adapted um, for the U.S. Army, I think is wonderful. It just shows that, you know, we're not, just, we're not just places where people scream and giggle and eat too much cotton candy and throw up. That's that's not what theme parks do. We have the opportunity and the ability to create things that are going to benefit the world as a whole. So I think this is, I think this is a very cool story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and it, it speaks to our, exactly what you were saying earlier about the concept of repurposing your assets. And, and you know, previously we've all been talking about repurposing assets in a, uh, I, I guess, to our current demographic, but this is a repurposing to a broader entirely different demographic that can still use that type of technology, which, um, you know, like Quan has, has repurposed ZTag uh, for drones so that uh, drone flyers can tag their, do drone tag. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, um, <laughs> but... Hey, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. Yeah, and now, is the, and now is the time to try it. It also means keep an eye out for technology, for related technology that may benefit you. You know, I don't, I don't think that any theme park was going to say, you know what, let's see if the army would be interested in these. Yeah. My guess is, and I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is that someone with an open mind recognized, wait a minute, there's a much broader application for this. So let's, let's see if we can incorporate it. So, all right. And, uh, we wanted to finish the show, um, to this particular show on a real warm and fuzzy note. And Philip, you found this great article. So I'm gonna let you share it because I think it's really cool. So this, like, I read this and this made me just smile. I, it's like, um, make me like a make me smile thing for the whole week. I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've heard like all week, especially this week. Uh, so it, the story is: Tivoli donates Christmas trees to Corona test centers in Copenhagen, Denmark. Denmark, and it is actually 
that simple. It's exactly what the, uh, that's all the, the gist of the story. You know, Tivoli had to close early this season uh, due to some of the lockdown procedures, 25 days early. And so they have all these Christmas trees that are decorated, but that uh, no one's going to be able to see anymore. And so they offered to take them over to the local Corona testing centers and decorate the testing centers with the Christmas trees. And I, I don't even know why that made me cry, but I was just so, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, a great, wonderful story about us repurposing, you know, somebody saying these assets are already done. They're already made. There's already been the investment done into them. You know, they're real Christmas trees. And so, you know, they're, they're going to go to waste. So let's just take them and put them in a like of all places. Let's put them in these coronavirus testing centers where people are already waiting that are already depressing, depressing places with long lines. Um, let's put them here to put holiday cheer. And also just, it, it works on so many levels to get back to the community and just staying top of mind, but also just being a great story. I just love it. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's one of those situations where uh, you've got something that you can't use, but someone else can. So why not give it to them and and share it? And it's a great sort of uh, it's a great sort of holiday reminder that sometimes if you've got excess, it's time to uh, it's time to share it. All right. Well, that is our time um, from Philip and I. Thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you're uh, encouraging other people to join us. Please, uh, please give us a rating um, on on Apple or wherever you listen to us, because that will really, really benefit us, um, and we'll know you know what we're doing right, and uh, and we'll continue to do this. And here's to a happy and safe and healthy Knockwood uh, New Year. And we'll be back. We will be back next week to talk about more stuff. And we're going to kick off with some some very exciting news about the new year. So until next time, this is uh, Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. Give us 30 minutes. We'll give you the world of theme park. Uh, I'm Scott Swenson with my co-host, Philip Hernandez. Thank you so much and happy holidays. And that is it for today. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this was your Haunt News Briefing. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you catch our shows every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you like this episode, please leave us a review in iTunes and share this episode with a friend. Today's episode was sponsored in part by Gantam Lighting and Controls. It was produced by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production and editing by David Swope and music provided by Chris Thomas. And if you want to be part of the conversation, join our Facebook group at Haunter's Toolbox. If you have news or a story to report, drop me a line at philip at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And until next time, everyone, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 